Welcome to episode 40 of the Bike Pack Canada podcast with yours truly, Ryan Corey. Uh, well, having just started round six of chemotherapy, I'm, I'm not feeling so great, so I'm going to keep uh, the intro short today. My interview is with uh, David Dean of Sinewave Cycles. Uh, anyone that wants to get a better understanding of the intricacies of dynamo charging on the go, this talk is definitely for you. Okay, so we'll we'll start with kind of the, the easy get to know you questions. Um, you know, I, I think the one that came to mind right away for me is um, so you're you're based in uh, Cambridge, Massachusetts. Ma- Mass? How do you say it? Mass- <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. It's a bit of a tongue twister. Um, and yeah. I was I was wondering, like, with with being, you know, I, I don't know if you would consider yourself like an electronics company, I guess, but is, is there any association with with uh, MIT, or is that just coincidence? No, that's just a coincidence. Um, I did. I, so I am an electrical engineer, and I went to school at at Tufts University, which is in the area also. But being in the same city as MIT is uh, just a coincidence. Okay. So. Okay, so yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? So your your education, um, you know how you know your interest in becoming an electrical engineer, and and I guess how you started up uh, Sinewave. Sure. So um, I mean, education is uh, I said I you know went to school at, at, at Tufts um, and got a degree in electrical engineering, and have just basically been you know electrical engineer uh, as as a job uh, since then. Um, not not quite sure exactly how I got into it. Uh, it just sort of um, happened, I guess. Um, and I, you know, was interested in in that kind of work and enjoyed the uh, uh, the classes. And then you know, was excited to go and become a working engineer once uh, once I was done. Um, in terms of of cycling and sort of sign rate cycles, um, you know, I, I sort of rode around town and commuted a little bit on a bike, uh, but never never really did any. Uh, long distance riding. And then, gosh, I think it was about 10 years ago, uh, my brother and I were in Philadelphia, where we were planning to go to Philadelphia. And uh, my brother asked a question, said, what do you think would happen if we tried to bike from Philadelphia to Niagara Falls? You know, it took, took a week or 10 days. And he said, okay, well, you know, let's, let's try it. And kind of, you know, found our way there. And that was uh, my very first bike tour and really loved it. You know, really, really got hooked. And we, then we did uh, a couple more trips, you know, every year we would try to do a week long trip or so. And then in, um, 2011, I rode uh, across the country and, um, you know, had my, uh, my smartphone with me and had to call my wife every night to let her know that, that I had made it through the day and, um, found that keeping, um, the phone charged, uh, you know, without having to stop at gas stations and campground bathrooms and relying on a, a solar panel, which wasn't working very well, was uh, was a big hassle. And then um, sort of came home from that trip and did a little bit of of, of searching into into other solutions. Because I had met someone on the on the on the trip who had a Dynamo Hub, which I had never heard of before. I said, "This thing is amazing. You know, I could you could charge your phone off of that Dynamo Hub with some circuitry in between." And, um, that was sort of the, the, the start of it. Hmm. So, okay. So, uh, I'm going to kind of go all over the place cause I, I'm I, admittedly, I'm a little naive when it comes to the electronics end of it. And I'm still learning quite a bit myself, but the, the term sine wave, that's, that's an electrical term, right? What, what does that mean exactly? 
Um, I, I guess, I guess the, um, it's just, if you can imagine like a wave going up and down, like a, like a wave from like an audio wave, you know, might, might go up and down like that kind of on a, on a graph. Yeah. Um, and then if you were to look at the, 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 the application to sort of the electronics of, of sine wave cycles is that the, uh, if you were to look at the voltage output of a dynamo hub, uh, on an oscilloscope, it would be a sine wave. Uh, okay. Okay. So it's referring to the, the wave form, I guess. Yes. That, yeah. That's, that's, that's one reference for it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I know there's someone out there that's just shaking their head as this is probably an obvious answer, but yeah, I, it's not, it's not something that, like I said, it's not something that, um, I know, no, not at all. I know a ton about, and, you know, we just, we're looking at carrying dynamo hubs on the website and, uh, you know, back in the day when I got mine, I, I kind of relied on the expertise of others. But now when I'm in the position of having to recommend options um, and having to understand them all, it's it's, it's a it's a it's a little confusing to, you know, to, to start out for sure. When, when you come from a world of double A batteries to, to understanding how to power <laughs> power these things yourself. So, OK, so so, yeah. you, so you experimented with um, solar, um, as did I, I think, on yeah my first tour of I 2012. I had a solar company that had sponsored me and it didn't work at all because what I found was the, the tree cover, you, you, you got very, you, you didn't get enough sunlight to really make, make a difference. So I guess a, what year did you, you know, actively start pursuing uh, this as a business? It was, um, so I started working on it um, probably early 2012. So sort of, you know, got home from that trip uh, and then, you know, you decompressed for a while and then got back into, you know, having a regular job and then started tinkering with, um, with this on the side. And, you know, it took, it took a while to, um, you know, get this, get it developed to, uh, to the point that, that it eventually got to and then started selling it, uh, in spring of 2013 is when, um, you know, I'd say that, that the company went live and, you know, started uh, actually getting them out there into the world. And, and did any other options like this exist at, at, at this point? Yeah, they did. And that was, you know, that was part of the, you know, the digging into it that, you know, like, like, like many great ideas, you, the first thing you do is Google it and you find that, that it already exists already. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's part of playing with uh, developing our own system saw what was out there already and thought, hmm, there's, I think there's room for improvement in, in a lot of these and, um, sort of pushing what existed forward was, was part of the, uh, part of the project. Gotcha. So, okay. So the, the dynamo dynamo hub technology is, is sorted out and, you know, let's say you have a wire coming off that and running up your, uh, running up to your, your handlebars. What, what is, the the solution you're trying to figure out like i guess to the layman like what why can't you just uh i guess maybe solder a usb end to to the the wires and, and just plug it into your, your phone like what is the disconnect there <laughs> so the um what what your phone wants what what the usb you know output is is uh five volts dc so it's it's regulated to to that voltage and um it, it pretty much just stays there, and then the amount of current can go up and down, pretty much how much uh, power your phone is, is drawing. But that five volts is is the is the key, and the output of the the Dynamo hubs is unregulated AC voltage, so it goes above and below zero, and it can be um, 
depending on how much, uh, depending on what's connected to it, you can get um, a very high voltage. If you have, we uh, we spun a wheel at 50 miles an hour um, in a in a in a lab, unfortunately, and measured uh, over 100 volts coming out of a dynamo hub. So, uh, you know, if you if you were to uh, just connect your phone directly to the hub without anything to, to convert to that five volts and deal with um, that high voltage situation, uh, it would just, you know, blow out your phone uh, right away. <laughs> okay, okay. So um, w- I guess would you call the, the device uh, like a converter? Is that more or less what it is? Yeah, the, the, two, the two halves of it, in, in essence, are it's, uh, the term is a rectifier is on the front end, and that converts AC to DC. Uh, and then a regulator to take that uh, that DC voltage and and maintain the output at five volts, and um, and then there's some other parts of it. There's a um, an over voltage protection circuitry on the front end, so that that hundred volts that you can get if you're going too fast. Uh, there's circuitry to protect uh, you know the chargers and your phone and everything against against that situation. And then the output side, some. Um, a little bit to uh, help it help it play nicely with your phones because the phones aren't always expecting the uh, sort of up and down start and stop voltages or just you know voltages and current that they get from uh, from the dynamo um, and so there's a little bit there to to help your phone help convince your phone to to charge or or GPS or battery or whatever you have plugged in. Okay, okay, that makes sense. So the 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 energy that the the phone requires um, is is that sort of the same across the board for for all USB gadgets? The the five volts is always the same, uh, and then the amount of current that that a device can take it really depends on um, on a few things. One is one is the device itself. Some uh, take uh, half an amp, so so five hundred milliamps, which is sort of the old. USB standard, uh, and then some of the, especially newer phones with bigger batteries can take uh, one amp or two amp, uh, and then maybe some, you know, some tablets can take even more. You are, you're usually limited by the amount of power you can get out of the dynamo itself. Um, and when people ask how, um, how long will it take to charge uh, something, I usually say, if you want to be conservative, assume you're going to get about half an amp that you can get more um, depending on how fast you're going, what you're charging and a few other factors. But if you just say, I've got a certain size battery, you know, how much riding do I have to do? If you, if you assume that that half an amp, then, um, then that's usually pretty safe. And then uh, uh, yeah, most devices can deal with that, with that kind of current level that even if they say I can take one amp, I can take two amps, I can take more. They all can also work from that, from that um, whatever is coming from the dynamo, they'll just, you know, uh, take their time to charge. Okay. When, when you look at a lot of forums, um, you know, the, the advice these days seems to be that um, not necessarily to connect your gadgets directly to the charger, but um um, use a, like a USB cache battery and that's what you connect. And then you connect that to your phone, I guess, once that's charged, can you, if, if that makes sense to you, can you explain, I guess, the reasoning behind why you'd want to do that? Sure. Um, so one, there, there's two, there's two sides of that. Why, why I might recommend that to, uh, to, to a user. Uh, one is, and that's related to sort of that, that current, um, that goes into the device that the batteries are usually very 
for like forgiving and just sort of willing to take whatever's available. So as you as you speed up, the current goes up, and as you slow down, the current goes down, and um, they, they can go really slow. So if you're if you're going uphill at you know four miles an hour they will continue charging just at, you know, whatever's available. And also when you stop and start, they don't uh, beep, which can be annoying, or turn their turn the screen on, which can um, use a lot of power. While you're, um, if the screen is on, you can actually, you know, start bringing down the, uh, uh, you know, the battery uh, a little bit. And so they're just sort of very easy uh to charge that way well some and then many devices many of these phones and gps's can charge directly and do the same thing but uh but but some do when you start and stop or drop below some speed will 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 beep at you or might even um you know it never causes damage but just sort of not not be as flexible you know you might need to be going six miles an hour to to keep your iPhone charging, and then when you're climbing a, a, a hill at five miles an hour, um, it can, you know, um, stop and start charging a little bit. Whereas the battery would would just continue and not bother you about it. And then the other half of that is since um, you can you you know generally if you're touring and you're you know out there for four or five six hours a, a day on the road or potentially you know much more, you are going to be able to generate a good deal more energy than it than you need to to charge your phone. So you might have your phone recharged back to 100% by lunchtime and then all of the energy that you could be generating for the rest of the day doesn't isn't really stored anywhere and the um those cache batteries are are usually have a much larger capacity than your phone. So um it just gives you extra storage so that you can charge that up, you know, and then you could turn around and charge your phone several times from that battery, which if you take a day, a couple of days off from the bike, let's say you are, um, take a few days off and go hiking, uh, and you're not generating any electricity, uh, from riding, you can still use what you've stored because you had that in the battery. And that's what I personally do when I'm touring is that I do charge a battery and then plug in my phone, uh, in the tent at night. Okay. Okay. That makes sense to me. So, uh, going back to the, the, the solar discussion, um, say, say you're going at a pretty good clip, um, say downhill on your, your bike and you're using dynamo. How, how does, I guess the efficiency of, um, you know, charging gadgets or uh, charging a cash battery compared to say a sunny day where you have a solar, uh, your traditional solar panel out is, is one, you know, quite a bit better than the other still? I guess it, I guess it really depends on the panel. You know, my, my experience was just on that trip where that was, that was the, the idea I had was that I was going to take the panel and strap it to the back rack uh, of the bike. And it was going to charge my phone uh, during the day and found, you know, just what you said that, you know, going through tree cover and having, um, you know, if, if it's not angled directly at the sun or, or of course, you know, if it's cloudy, um, you don't really get much, but then I would stop and, you know, be having a snack and I would take the panel and aim it directly at the sun and, and found that I was getting uh, about that, uh, half an amp that, that I mentioned that the dynamo is, is usually giving you, but, you know, I, I assume that it, as a larger panel would give you, would give you more. Um, and then I guess a smaller one would give you less. So, um, I, I think the comparison is, is just depends on, um, 
the size of the panel, but but at least in my experience, getting what whatever you whatever you could get from the panel, really, you know, usually you need to to stop and angle it to the sun, and uh, at least in my experience, having it on the bike, and and biking along and you know capturing, um, you know, some some power from the sun while you're riding, at least didn't work for me. Uh, you know, maybe if you're if you're in Arizona, I, I would have had better luck. Yeah, I think for for those that have or have a dynamo and used it, I, I think it's pretty clear to us, like you know why why it's probably better. You know, you, all you need is a cloudy day to understand why. You know, a dynamo can always uh, give you a charge, whereas the solar is only part of the time. But um, you know, I I see a lot. You know, a lot of folks on this end with hesitation on getting into dynamo just because it seems to be a lot of moving parts and it's kind of a confusing um and complicated notion where solar is a bit easier to digest for the the average person um but yeah we're, we're trying to win those people over because I, I think like you just mentioned dynamo it can produce power in any condition so you know that's that's definitely going to be the more more efficient way to go um okay so you've got three so you have three charging devices now so you have the new uh, beacon light that that also has the ability to charge you have the the reactor, and then you have the original uh, sine wave revolution. Maybe can you fill us in a little bit about the evolution evolution of those three products? Sure. So the the revolution was that that you know the sort of the matchbox shaped one, and you can um, you can put that anywhere on your bike, and it can go in a handlebar bag. And so that that was the original design that 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 one we worked on, um, you know, 2012 and 2013, and then and then that came out, and that was that was going pretty well. And, um, got a, a, a couple, I guess, requests from, from, from customers or, or your potential customers saying, uh, is there any way that this could be shrunk so it could go inside a, a frame tube or, uh, you know, it could essentially be made, um, to look a little shinier, I guess. And so, you know, started thinking about, okay, you know, maybe we could change the mechanical design and get it to, you know, fit uh, a, little, a little neater. And then I also went to, uh, to NABS, the, the North American handmade bike show and kind of saw all these really beautiful bikes there and thought, man, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be nice to, to come up with a design that, that could go on these bikes, basically something that, you know, would, would look that nice. And so worked with, uh, some designers and some mechanical engineers and came up with the, the reactor, which, uh, took the, the circuitry of the revolution and that electrical design and rearranged it a little bit and shrunk it down. And that, um, you know, goes in, takes place your stem cap. So the, the electronics, uh, sit down in the steer tube and then the, the, um, the USB port just sits up above and then it takes the regular headset, uh, headset bolt. And so that, that I think came out in 2014, I want to say. And then, and then, you know, eventually had the thrill of, of seeing it on, on bikes at NABS, which was kind of, kind of cool to, uh, to have that come full circle. Uh, so that was the, that was the reactor. And that was also our, our first time doing, um, anodized aluminum and, and having that come out in different colors, which has been fun to, to, you know, be able to match, all, you know, customers' bikes and, um, you know, do things. I mean, a lot of people 
or, or the black one, but um, to be able to do other colors has been has been pretty cool. Uh, and then the can I can I interrupt for one second? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, okay, so I'm I'm looking at my top or my uh, bike here, and um, okay, so I picture this stem cap. Um, so it's going down uh, through my frame, uh, in in through my fork. I'm assuming, um, and where. I'm just looking where, where would it pop out to attach to the, the dynamo? Like, would you have to have a a special fork that, you know, has a, has a whole, like, unless I'm missing something. (laughs) You do need a fork with a hole at the fork crown and a a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, modern carbon forks, uh, unfortunately are closed at the fork crown. So that that does present a, a problem for wi- uh, routing that wire. It, it is possible to sort of loop it out at the top and run it uh, externally down the side of the head tube. It's it's a little bit of a hack, but it, but I, I've seen it done before. Okay. But fortunately, um, any any steel fork uh, is open at, at the fork crown, and um, you know most people touring, uh, you know, still are riding uh, steel forks or, or steel bikes, and so. It it is it is a little bit limiting that that one mechanical requirement, but it it's since uh, steel you know is for the most part is compatible with it, then it has not been a big problem. But for for people who want you know a sine wave charger but do have the, this this issue with the fork, then the revolution um, is is a great choice, and you could always just put that you know let's say on your stem or, you know, the side of your head tube and sort of have the, the USB port in the same place. And so you could, you could, you know, still use that. And then of course the, the beacon, the new headlight, um, you know, doesn't have that problem either because the USB port is there wherever you put the light. Gotcha. So yeah, <laughs> my last few bikes have uh, all had uh, carbon rigid forks. So I think that's, that's where the disconnect was happening. Cause I was looking at my, my salsa bike. I'm like, where would this thing pop out? <laughs> okay, so that may, that, sure. that makes sense now. That's a a good point to to note for for others out there. But you know, as you mentioned, a lot of a lot of people are still using uh, steel. Okay, um, okay. So you mentioned the the beacon, right? Are, oh, sorry. Real, real quick. And and there are um, there are some forks out there, uh, possibly carbon forks, who are starting to have internal dynamo routing, which is which is really exciting to see. Just to have more options for people to sort of. Um, have a neat setup or, uh, you know, run those wires internally, which is, which is cool to see that coming out too. Okay. Yeah. I might do a bit more research because I'd be surprised actually if the cutthroat doesn't have that f- functionality because it was made specifically for the great divide, uh, route. So, okay. I'll, I'll do a bit more research on that one. Okay. So you mentioned the, the, the beacon light. So that's, that's your newest offering. And, uh, well, obviously that's not just a charger. That's, that's a light, but, uh, I imagine that, uh, Changed things quite a bit on the, the operational side because previously you you had just been doing the chargers, is that right? Correct. Yeah. So the the light is uh, seven hundred and fifty lumens. Did I read? Ah, uh, yes. Okay, so it's it's got a, a USB connector built right into it, so you wouldn't need either the reactor or the the original sine wave. You could plug uh, right into it and. Does it, does it have a, I haven't seen one up close, but does it have a switch where you can, you know, switch between the, the light and the, the charging? I guess if you have something plugged in and it doesn't necessarily have to be charging. The, yeah, there is a switch uh, at the moment. At the moment, the charger is 
always active. So when you turn the light on, the charger the charger is still is still working, and that was that was kind of a uh, a point of pride for the for the first two chargers, the Revolution and the Reactor, that that you could charge while the light was on, because that was a limitation that we found in some of those existing USB chargers that if you had the charger and the light on at the same time. Uh, the charger wouldn't work. So the revolution, we said this will work, you know, while your light is on. So we wanted to sort of extend that to the beacon and, and not force people to choose one or the other. So, you know, as always, if you if you want to have the light on and not use the charger, you just unplug your uh, your USB cable the same way you would as if you had a separate light and, and the separate charger. But there is a switch and it controls, uh, obviously you can turn the light off. You can turn the light on to, to high brightness. And then we have a, a third mode that we, we've been referring to as a charger priority mode where um, the light is on, but it, it sort of reserves more power for the charger that we, we found that when you have that separate light and separate charger, it's, it's the, the two, the two are not designed to, to share the power. So they kind of fight over it. And it's it's hard to predict exactly how much goes to the light and how much goes to the charger. So this mode uh, tries to do a better job of, of sort of fairly sharing the, the power between the two so that the light is always on bright enough for, for you to see, but but not necessarily so bright that it takes away a lot of power from, from your, from the charger. So it's a, um, you know, it, it's, it's usually enough, enough light in that mode to still, you know, ride through the dark, but it's also a great mode for, you know, let's say having a, uh, a daytime running light, if you want that for safety or for, for twilight uh, and that sort of thing. But it's, it's, it's really flexible with, uh, with having all those different modes in there. It's funny until you mentioned that I never really thought of the value of having, you know, I, I always thought it sort of thought it was a hundred percent or nothing, whether it was the lighter or, or charging. But when you think about it, when you're riding at night, you still want to have the ability to, you know, charge that cache battery. Cause that, you know, especially if, if you're, you're racing or touring through the night, you know, that's, that, that's a lot of hours where you're, you, you know, you're not charging something if it's one or the other. Um, so it's almost good to have that, that trickle still coming in. Um, and when, when did the beacon light come out? We first showed it, we first showed it in um, this past March at, at NABS in Salt Lake City and then uh, sort of opened it for, for a pre-sale after that. And we started shipping them in uh, late July, I think is when the first ones uh, went out. Okay. And you've referenced we a few times. How many people are there behind the scenes? It's, it's a small company. It's, it's, it's mostly uh, it's mostly me, but, um, you know, I definitely do have, um, uh, you know, supporting people. And if, uh, if they're not, you know, full-time signway folks, I still just sort of, uh, <laughs> sort of refer to it as we, it's, uh, yeah. uh it's <laughs> what I'm used to calling it. it. It's funny. I do the same with bike pack Canada. I often refer to it as we, it's, I don't know. It's, it seems more grand that way instead of just me, me, me. <laughs> Um, right. So, okay. So on, on, I, I remember, um, the, the sine wave revolution chargers when we've had them come in, you know, right on, right on the front on the label, it says, uh, uh, made in Cambridge and, um, is, is, 
So is that you making them? Is that a, is that another warehouse? Like what, what is the, I guess what, I'm curious, what's the manufacturing process? Because, you know, to me, the, the, I guess the obvious route for a lot of companies would be, you know, once you get the, the simple solution figured out, you, you know, you get it manufactured overseas and, you know, you have to get 10,000 of them made, but you know, at least that, that part's sure. out of your hands. Uh, yeah, it is. And what the label is, it's, it says designed in Cambridge and made in the USA. So, um, you know, like I said, I am, you know, the, electro, the electrical engineer who did the, the, the design of these, but the, the, we do have a contract manufacturer who's in Massachusetts. So they're about a 45 minute drive away. Uh, it's, it's important, uh, for several reasons for me to, to, to be manufacturing and not only, uh, in the U S but, but fairly locally, you know, that, that I can go and jump in the car and, and be there to, to discuss something or, or see what's going on or, you know, help out with any, any issues that come up. So, um, yeah, I'm not making them by hand, but they, um, they are, uh, all assembled in Massachusetts. Okay. And has the, the design or the functionality, uh, especially for the original changed much since you first created it? Uh, no, um, no, for the most part, it's the same as, uh, as when we came out with them. Okay, cool. So I am thinking like we've, we've got our, our store kind of starting to ramp up a little bit with these sorts of items. And, you know, I've spent a lot of time talking with bike shops and trying to gauge their interest and, um, or, or their, their knowledge, if anything on, on dynamo hubs and chargers and these things. And it still seems like a lot of bike retailers are still kind of in the dark about a lot of this stuff. I'm, I'm curious, like with your website and you have the option for, for people to be dealers, like, is it mostly consumer direct through your website or are you dealing with a lot of bike shops too? I, we, I am dealing with, um, with a lot of, with, with a lot of bike shops and that, and that can, has continued to grow and it's, it's, it's ramped up a, a bit with the beacon uh, I think that um, more, just more people are into lighting with dynamos than they are into just charging. And that also this time of year, um, the light is a little bit more interesting right now. Cause I, I think the charger sales would usually, uh, and just interest in the charger would, would ramp up in the spring and early summer when people are gearing up for a tour. And, and that's really when, when people be looking at this and then, um, the light though, you know, with the charger and with the light and everything, I, I do think that's going to be very interesting when people are, uh, shopping for, for an upcoming bike tour. But as the light, uh, with, you know, they call it lighting, <laughs> call it lighting season. Uh, now that people are commuting, uh, and they leave work and it's dark that, that, um, it, it's an interest. It, it's a, it's sort of a second season for for interest in this stuff. Being uh, this time when you're biking at night, or not at night, but but you know in the dark a lot. Gotcha. Okay, so you've got a light, you've got a charger, and you've got a background in electrical engineering. And you know, uh, the entrepreneur mind uh, in me says, you know, is is the next obvious step to to build your own dynamo hub. Has has that crossed your mind? Um, it, it's crossed my mind in that people, people have asked about it. Um, but I, I don't have any, any, uh, any interest in doing that, uh, myself. I think that between, uh, I mean, Shimano is, is a very big company, <laughs> of course, and they may, and they make one and then uh shutter precision, 
uh, who uh, who I'm a fan of, and we do you know we do sell those hubs, and then Schmidt, who's sort of this this gold standard of Dynamo hubs. I, I think they've all done a, a very good job of designing the hub, and um, un- unlike that original survey of bringing in the USB chargers and and seeing that there was a, a real path to to improve on on what exists. I feel that the Dynamo hubs today are are very good, and um, it also seems, at least to me, like like more of a mechanical challenge to to design a hub than um, than, than on the electrical side. There there are some things that that I would like to see on the on the electrical side. I think they're very uh, efficient already, so I don't think that's going to change very much. But um, a, a slight more output in terms of power output would be nice, but it doesn't, you know, of course, but since it's the hub, it doesn't come free that. So to ask for, uh, instead of a three watt hub to have a six watt hub means that you are adding more drag to the wheel. So I don't, because of that, I, I don't think it's something that you're going to see. And maybe it's something you shouldn't see because, um, it's, you know, people don't want drag <laughs> that they don't have to have. Uh, but, but overall, no, I, I, I feel like the um, existing Dynamo hubs are, are very good and that it, it's also um, not something where I feel I have um, really strong ideas about, about what I would change if I were to make one. Yeah. And you and I have chatted a bit behind the scenes about this, but it's, uh, it's, it's crazy once you start doing the research, because it's, you know, we we refer to it as a dynamo hub, and you would think it was just one option. But when you, uh, you know, especially the the shutter precision line, when you start looking at it, it's you know, it's a hub for a fat bike, it's a hub for a road bike, it's you know, a hub for a quick release, there's through axle. Um, so it's not like you would just be manufacturing you know one generic product. You'd have to, if if you really wanted to do it, you'd have to cater to all the different kind of bikes and standards that are out there and yeah i could see how it get messy pretty quick if um that wasn't your your sole focus um sure so okay so so you you said shutter precision is is kind of your personal favorite is is there any particular uh reason for that well it's not it's not necessarily my favorite we um just just through signway cycles we we do sell sp hubs through our website um but we've also started selling schmidt hubs uh, recently, but when people, when people ask, you know, for a hub recommendation, I usually do say, uh, just, just look at, you know, I say you should look at SP and you should look at, uh, Schmidt is, is my advice. I think that Schmidt is, um, like I said, sort of the gold standard. They, they've got this great, uh, reputation for durability and reliability and the power output, which is, you know, what I focus on is definitely, um, as good as anything else. So if you've, if you've got the money, for a, a Schmidt hub, you know, you probably won't ever regret uh, that choice. And then SP uh, is also excellent. The, the power output in, in my testing is is basically equivalent. Um, I first started hearing about SP hubs uh, from from riders who were doing the Tour Divide. Um, and so that was as good of a testament to, to reliability as anything, really. And then, um, it's, and then it's about half the cost. Uh, of a Schmidt hub. So if you, um, if you want to save some money, that's a great, that's a great option. And then Shimano, which is sort of the, the third uh, of the big three that you see, uh, I, I personally think the SP uh, has better performance uh, for a similar price as the Shimano. And so that's why I, I sort of just limit that recommendation to either the Schmidt or the SP. Okay. Well, that's good for me to know the, 
the Schmidt, that's a, a German brand, as, as I understand it. And the Shutter Precision is right. out of Taiwan. And then Shimano, I'm not quite sure where Shimano makes theirs. I imagine it's uh, similar. A Japanese company, I, 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 I'm not sure where they're manufacturing is okay um so we had a couple questions come in from our our listeners and i think we covered Lori downey's question she was wondering kind of just to understand the basics of how it works and how long it takes to to charge things i i don't think we covered the the charge length so let's say uh actually hey Ryan, yeah, real, real, just real quick comment on 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 answering that question uh, about the the charge times. Yeah, is that uh, that that question of how long would it take me to charge my phone is is the question that I get most often. And again, you can use that you know that that five hundred milliamp estimate. But in in actual use, uh, it's interesting that you know charging from dead to full of a phone is not usually what happens. Usually, you are. You have a phone with some charge in it, and then you're you're often using it. You know, you might have um, be navigating or stopping often to take pictures, or just um, you know the phone is in use over the course of the day, and the the amount of power that you can put into the phone from from the Dynamo is is greater than what would be coming out. So you can have it. Uh, you can be playing music on your handlebars, and the the charge continues to go up rather than coming down. And so that that is um, sort of the other half of that question of how long does it take to charge or, or, you know, can I put more power into the phone than is coming out so that I can continue using it during the day and not just have it tucked away uh, as if it were just sort of a, an idle battery. Gotcha. There you go. Um, okay. Well, we, I do have another question. It's from uh, Jonathan Hayward. He was asking, uh, do you have any plans to produce a standalone light without the built-in charger? That's the first question. Oh, it's, it's only something we've thought of. Um, it's, it, it sort of turned out that the, 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 the cost of including the charger into the light was not was not that much. So to remove it, I, I, well, I guess the the would the would the goal of that I don't know what the goal of that product would be other than just a, a cost reduction or if you want to use uh, an external charger. But um, it, it's something we've looked at, but I don't think we're going to go down that path because it didn't it didn't seem like it was going to make a big, a big difference in what the product was that, uh, you know, basically if, if for a very similar price point, we can have a charger or for just slightly less, we can remove the charger. It, um, it seemed to make sense to leave the charger in there. Okay. And the second question that he had, and I'm thinking this, uh, I, well, I, I was going to say, I, I've seen it with uh, K light recently, our buddy Carrie there. Um, but I also see it with a lot of, um, uh, small bag manufacturers that the the demand um, outweighs their ability to 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 manufacture and keep up or to keep up with demand. Um, you know, usually just being one independent person uh, making these things. But it, it sounds like you know you're able to sort of keep ahead of things um, already, having things manufactured um, through you know a third party. Is is that a, a safe assessment? Yeah, they yeah the 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 manufacturer we've been working with has been great. Um, I think that they've got plenty of um, capacity for us. You know, as we as we added the the reactor in the past, and now and now added the beacon. You know, they haven't really 
you know, fallen behind in, in, in getting the stuff turned around. So, um, no, I would think that, um, you know, where we are now and where I think we'll be in, in coming years, they'll be able to, to ramp up, um, with us just fine. Excellent. So where do you see the future for, for your business? Are, are there other products out there? Are there other innovations that you, you see, see happening? And, um, you know, is this a full-time gig for you right now? It is, it is essentially a full-time gig. Um, I, I do do some, uh, some additional engineering, uh, on the side, but as, um, it's sort of, you know, you can go back five years. It was, it was mostly this, this, the, you know, these side projects and, and a little bit of, of, of sine wave. And then that has kind of changed places over the years, which, which is really exciting because, um, I, 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 I like engineering and I, and I love cycling and being able to combine the two has been, has been really a wonderful um, opportunity that's worked out, um, so far. Um, and where I, where I see things going, I, I, the light has been really exciting. Uh, it was a lot of fun to work on. Um, it, it does some things that, that no other, that no other dynamo light do. Um, so it wasn't just a matter of, of taking a light and, and mixing a charger together or, or making the light particularly bright. The, um, I mean, that, that charger priority mode was, is pretty novel that, um, that sort of balances between the two. And then what we also didn't mention is the, um, the ability to, ch- uh, to power the light from an external battery pack. So there's, a, 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 there's the dynamo input and then there's a, a battery input that you can plug in just an off-the-shelf USB battery pack, and it turns the beacon into a battery-powered light. So if you don't have a dynamo or you, your dynamo breaks, you can still use the light as, as a battery-powered light, and you don't need a proprietary pack. You just get, you know, whatever uh, USB pack, and then you can um, you can ride with that. And I have heard from customers who, who, who have been using that feature because they have one dynamo bike and one non-dynamo bike and, and, and like being able to move the light between the two. And then you can also, uh, use the, you can use that battery input at the same time as the dynamo. So sort of the, the unavoidable, uh, problem with the dynamo light was that when you stop the, the light turns off, um, obviously. And then as, as you ride slowly, it, it dims or, or potentially flickers and being able to use this battery backup, it, essentially when you are stopped, it, the, the, the powers all come from the battery. And then as you speed up, the battery just kicks in to, to help the dynamo get up to full brightness. And then once you start riding faster, it's all on dynamo power. So you don't draw down the battery. And in fact, you can then charge the battery from, from the beacon. And then when you slow down again, it, 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 it the battery kicks in again to, to maintain that full brightness. So it, it's a dynamo light that is always at full brightness, which is great for, um, if you're, if you're, you know, let's say bike packing and you're going up some technical terrain that uh, at five miles an hour and you need all this light, it will, um, continue, you know, at, at full brightness and not dim on you when you, when you would need all that light. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that, that's just sort of, it's been, it's been fun to, 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 to work on the light that way. And, um, the I mean the possibility of a, an option without the without the charger, which you mentioned, is is something that you know we did talk about. Um, a road version of the of the beacon is a possibility that the um, 
the 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 output of the of the beacon is sort of similar to to the K light in that it's a big you know round beam which is great for for off road riding and you know for the most part usable on on road. I I personally have enjoyed commuting with it and a lot of customers have written um, said that that they you know been doing all sorts of riding with it and it's been it's been good but there are still some people who like that German style asymmetric beam that um that we could explore in the future uh and then and then of course on lights there's the tail light which um you know we could uh come up with some ideas for that as well okay interesting yeah i was when you were talking about uh going uphill um yeah i can definitely see an advantage to having the ability to plug in a battery and, and have the light operate at full power and um you know anytime i've done any serious racing you know, there's some people that can operate fine off just a basic, you know, a little headlamp. But, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I, I fall apart in the dark if I don't have uh, full mm-hmm. brightness. So I would definitely want to take advantage uh, of that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great feature. So I, I think, um, you know, we're, we're coming up on an hour here, David. But I think the, the, the obvious, you know, final question is, you know, you, you started this business out of, uh, you know, touring and, and seeing a need and, um you know, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, getting these things produced, uh, offsite, it, it, it frees up some of your time to still continue to ride a bike and not have to sit behind a desk all the time. Do you have any, um, kind of cool adventures planned for 2018? This, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, we've got, we've got snow on the ground here. And so this is sort of the time of year where I kind of think about where I might want to go. Uh, and I do, um, I have a I have a two year old daughter now, and uh, me, my wife, and my daughter did a a ten day bike tour uh, this past summer on the CNO Canal Trail and the Great Allegheny Passage from from Washington D.C. to Pittsburgh, and that went that went great. You know, she was a, she was a great traveler and camped most nights, and so we're looking at uh, trying to find something similar for for 2018. Um, you know, something traffic free. Uh, as that as that trail is, or or very low traffic, would be would be great. So we're going to see if we can find something similar. And then um, I usually do a, a second tour um, just on my own. And uh, so this past year, I went from uh, I flew into to Portland, Oregon, and, and biked across the state to Boise, which is beautiful on its own. But I also did it so that I could see the the solar eclipse that that went through there uh, this past summer, and that was so that that worked out great. And, um, oh, and then actually in, in, in about next month, my brother, the, the one who I started touring with, we are going to do a few days on the Natchez Trace down in Mississippi, um, just, uh, you know, in the middle of January to do a little bit of, um, you know, head a little bit south and see if the weather's, uh, can hold up for us. But, uh, yeah, as for, as for sort of a longer tour for myself for, for the summer, that is, uh, to be determined, but, uh. You know, I, I certainly hope to to find uh, some ideas and and you know get out there in July or August. If, uh, you know, being on uh, out in the east, have have you heard much about the Eastern Divide project that's been ongoing? I have heard of it. I don't know much about it, but I'm actually pretty excited about it because um, the more you know, the, I'm 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 getting really interested in in, in you know essentially bike packing in, instead of. Uh, on-road touring and and getting away from cars and getting you know more into into the woods essentially and there's not not nearly as many options 
uh, on the East Coast as there are as there are out west, as you would imagine. So, so hearing about this project, this you know this sort of long uh, through uh, bikepacking trail um, on this side of the country, I'm I'm really excited to to learn more about it and sort of see where that goes, and hopefully you know ride parts of it myself. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, David. I appreciate the time. It's it's a it's a topic. You know, uh, you know, as I said before we came on, it's a. You know, normally I'm pretty well versed in in the topics and and with the people I speak with, but you know, this is the first time you and I have had a chance to chat in person and um, as in depth. But uh, you know, I, I appreciate well not only this time, but um, you know, for for those that are, are interested in the sine wave products, you know, David is is uh, great at answering questions uh, by email, um, and uh, by all means, if 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 I don't know the answer, uh, um, I'm sure he would be happy happy to help. But uh, you can learn more about uh, his products at uh, SineWaveCycles.com. And, uh, of course, on our bike pack site, we've got uh, the original charger. Um, I'll have to admit, I was a little hesitant about carrying the, the, the top cap charger, um, only because I was afraid of it being exposed to the elements. But um, that's something we didn't cover, David, but... That it's as I understand it, it's pretty safe to have it out in the open and exposed to, you know, uh, water and wind and kind of guck and all that. Uh, yeah, the um, so the, what we did for that design, which uh, we we started with that that revolution, is uh, if you were to open up the enclosure, all of the electronics are are filled with with epoxy. So um, and then the the USB connector, which which is uh, which is open to the elements. It has gold plated contacts on it. So those don't, those don't corrode or rust when they get wet and any water, uh, that gets into the connector, uh, has no, there's no electronics to touch. So it would just basically, you know, the water would then just come out and, uh, and no harm would come to the electronics or, or the connector. And that has, that sort of has, um, been proven out over the, over the years I've been selling it. Um, people have been using it, you know, exposed and, and out and, uh, you know, on handlebars or on the side of the bike and, and they've held up, you know, great to, to all sorts of weather. And then the, the reactor, which is the top cap, uh, does the same thing that, um, the electronics, which are, which are in the steer tube are still filled with epoxy that if you were able to see one, uh, it's a little black cylinder that, that is under the, the USB can under the top cap. And that's all, that's all, um, epoxy. And then the same same USB connector, so gold contacts, and even a little drainage hole under the connector, so that any water that does go inside won't uh, won't just sit there. It'll you know come out either on its own or or when you plug in a USB cable. And um, and then we did the same for the beacon. Also, the um, all the electronics are filled with epoxy, and then you, you can't do that on the LED side. But that's just got um, you know well designed O-ring seals so that. Um, you know, no water can get in on that side. And then again, connectors are gold plated so that they're not affected by, um, by the, by the elements. Well, there you go. Always learning. Thank you very much, uh, David. And, uh, <laughs> uh, well, I have no more excuses than not to, uh, carry the, the top cap at some point and, uh, we'll take a look at the, the, <laughs> the beacon light too. But, uh, yeah, thanks for your time, David. And we'll get, let you get back to your day here. Sure. Thanks, Ryan.